0: For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome, friends, to another R slash Nuclear Revenge video. Today we've got a crazy story of revenge against someone's bully. If you enjoyed today's story, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Every single video has awesome stories, like the story of the day from Anonymous 666 Revenge of the Bullied, The Butterfly Effect. The Prelude I was a sweet, nerdy boy when I was a child. I was interested in the science, computers, avionics, and mechanics. I was also slightly on the heavier side, but not so much that it would disqualify me from playing sports with the other kids. In my school, I was generally liked by my peers, so I've never been in physical conflict, until that summer. When I was 10, my parents sent me to the summer camp for 2 weeks. This is something I was looking forward to for months. As soon as we arrived at the camp, things had gone sideways pretty quickly. I don't remember what exactly started the bullying, and I have a crap load of repressed memories about that period, but I do remember this one guy in particular, let's call him ringleader. I tried to resist the bullying and fight back, but he was 2-3 to years older and the difference in sheer physical power was overwhelming. He also got several other boys and girls on his side, so it was impossible for me to mount any kind of effective defense. The fact that the camp supervisors, the adults, knew about this and ignored this entirely did not help either. Keep in mind that this was during the 90s in a post-Soviet country. Cell phones were not a thing back then, so I had no option to contact my parents about what was going on. My mornings at the camp, and I mean every single morning, would start with a ringleader and several other of his craphead friends throwing a bedsheet over me while I was still sleeping and beating me up. They called this the blanket. I never knew who exactly was present, as I was busy trying to cover my head and face from the blows. This would repeat in some shape or form several times over the day. Basically every time the supervisors were not present, And sometimes even in the middle of the night. Some nights I would wake up basically covered in spit and snot while ringleader was there laughing with his band. They of course restricted me from using a bathroom to clean myself up and this was a point of immense entertainment and bragging stories for them. In one instance I remember the ringleader getting up from his bed during the night peeing on me while I was asleep and then waking the whole camp up, telling everyone that I've wet the bed sheets like a little baby. I was even reprimanded by the supervisors and the nickname Piss Boy stuck for the whole remainder of the heck camp. The ringleader even tried to coax me to give him a hand on one occasion in order for him to stop bullying me. Rest assured, he was not successful. I was defeated, but not broken. After returning from the camp, I told my parents about some of the stuff but I kept the most hardcore parts to myself. I was too ashamed. My father was an ex-soldier and a senior ranking intelligence officer slash investigator at the time, but even he was unable to do too much about it within the limits of law. When my father tried to confront him, the ringleader's father basically told us to buzz off and to add insult to injury, blame the situation on me for being a little wussy. This was done over the freaking intercom in front of their freaking house. He didn't even see us. I don't mean to go into too much detail here, but the fact is that this summer effectively ended my childhood and started a chain of events that would end up with me being the way I am now. The long term impact? You see, I'm in my mid 20s and I've been diagnosed with borderline antisocial personality disorder. Basically, I'm a sociopath. Apart from other things, this means that I have very little capacity for empathy or any other emotion for that matter. I can on occasion get happy, angry, sad or even scared, but the stimuli for this have to be pretty strong and I also have to choose to feel something. I in particular do have a deep distrust towards authorities, hate incompetence and neglectfulness and do not shy from physical, psychological or emotional confrontation if I deem it necessary. This personality adjustment is not entirely a bad thing for me either. I am able to remain entirely composed in high stress or hostile situations, and can also read people extremely well, since my biases and emotions rarely play a role in my assessments. This led me to some pretty interesting career choices over the years, since people with my disposition are pretty rare and valuable in different roles. Contrary to popular belief, sociopaths are not entirely malicious. We don't go out of our way to harm some random person just for poops and giggles because we're bored. We need a darn good reason to do nefarious stuff, but when we have one, we execute flawlessly. Fast forward 10-ish years. I was working as a security guard in one of the more frequented bars in my city. This was not the kind of a security guard that you would imagine guarding a mall or pulling a night shift in an administrative building. We always worked in teams of two, and instead of badges and uniforms... Our standard equipment would consist of civilian clothing, a melee weapon of our choosing, leather gloves, and a concealed firearm, which I fortunately never had to use. We were of course prohibited from drinking in the establishment, even on off-duty hours, but were otherwise required to socialize with the patrons and to generally appear non-threatening. Most of the nights, it would be pretty quiet and mellow, since most of the people knew not to mess around with the staff or other customers and even appreciated the extra layer of security. On one such a night, I was sitting and chatting with some of our regulars, part of the job, appear normal and non-threatening, when all of a sudden, the ringleader enters the establishment. He didn't recognize me so far, and he also appeared drunk as heck. However, in short time, he started verbally abusing one of our waitresses. In circumstances like these, we employed a one-strike rule. You got one warning from the staff, and if you didn't change your behavior on the spot and permanently, you would be forcefully removed. My colleague, who was a closer and had a better overview of the situation, slowly approached the guy and asked him to stop insulting the waitresses. Although I did pay attention, I wanted to distance myself from this situation as much as possible, since I knew that if the ringleader recognized me, the situation would probably escalate rapidly. Suddenly, the ringleader grabbed an empty bottle of beer from the table and hit the colleague over his right elbow, doing some pretty significant damage. He threw the bottle away and ran for it immediately. I quickly checked on my colleague, instructed the staff to call the cops, and then followed the ringleader outside. As soon as I got out, I realized the freaker was completely sober and that he had two other friends outside. They did this on purpose and were trying to provoke a street fight all along. I was unsure if he knew who I was or if he was targeting me on purpose, but I was not 10 years old anymore. I took out my baton and proceeded with the engagement. The freaker even had the balls to call me a wussy and ask for a one on one without the baton. It took them 5 seconds to realize that they've made a mistake. They didn't bring any weapons, so as soon as the first one fell to the ground, The ringleader and his remaining friend decided to flee. I was not about to let the ringleader get away with this kind of BS. I caught up to him in less than 100 meters. I did actually only use the necessary force to make him comply to my kind request to come back to the front bar and let the cops sort things out. As we relatively calmly waited for the police to arrive, I realized he indeed did not know who I was. And I was not about to spoil the fun. They arrived like 3 minutes later, they informed me that they were looking for a group of guys provoking fights in this manner over the last month and asked if we wanted to press charges. Of course we did. My colleague who almost got his elbow shattered was unable to attend work for several months. His friend that I had to put down in front of the bar even tried to press charges against the establishment. But it was quickly dismissed as reasonable self defense since there was no lasting damage. I assume my name must have come up during the proceeding, but the ringleader never connected the dots between myself as a 10 year old boy and my new self. The best part? The ringleader was already up for sexual assault charges and while arresting the ringleader, the kind officers even found drugs on the dumb idiot. It was just a small amount of ganja, but you could get served with some serious time just for that back then. Of course he claimed somebody had planted the drugs. Why would anybody do that to him though? I'll never know. Lots of repressed memories, as I've said. In the end, he was sent to jail for three years. Did I mention that my father was an intelligence officer? I believe I did. Well, my father was already dead by this time, but most of his old friends were not. Some still worked with law enforcement. One was overseeing the guards in the jail the ringleader was sent to at the time. I've made sure that my father's friend remembered what happened to me and that summer camp. To put this into context, Back at the time, our jails were pretty rough. Several of the people working there were still from the old guard, trained and taught by Soviets. This was certainly not a summer camp. Fast forward 5 years, the Reckoning. I was now running security at the establishment, but the company grew a little bit. We now owned the whole building which consisted of several stories. Some of our duties consisted of making sure that the upper stories were emptied during the nights as the building was still technically accessible to the public because the bar was open 24-7. During the winter months, we've often had homeless people trying to sneak past us and hide within the building, since it could get as low as negative 30 degrees Celsius during the nights. Even if it put our jobs at risk, we've had an unofficial understanding with the security guys, as far as the homeless people were not littering the place, were not bringing alcohol or raising commotion, and got out before 6 in the morning, We let them sleep and even wash in some of the unused utility rooms. We even sneaked some blankets in. We were not animals, and we realized that these people had nowhere else to go. On one such night, I was checking the floors, making sure that nothing nefarious was going on, when suddenly I hear someone snoring in one of the utility rooms. I knew it was one of the homeless people, but I still needed to check it for damage and alcohol. Upon closer inspection. I found a ringleader sleeping there. He lost a lot of weight from the last time I've seen him and was in overall bad shape. Later I learned that he'd had serious mental and emotional problems because of the treatment he got in prison. Basically, he was bullied heavily by the inmates and the guards did absolutely nothing about it. This led to heavy substance abuse once he got released, eventually getting him into serious debt. And not the nice clean debt towards the banks I mind you, His parents had to eventually sell the house just to cover it for him. They moved to a small apartment and kicked him out onto the streets. Standing there, I'm thinking about cutting the guy a slack. Thinking he's been through enough already, I turned towards the doors, intent on leaving him be. Then I remember how he freaking peed on me while I was asleep and made it look like I wet the bed. I remember how he and his punks hurt me several times a day for two weeks straight. I remember him barring me access from the bathrooms while I was covered in dried snot and spit and laughing and bragging about it later. I remember him trying to coax a hand out of a 10 year old boy. I remember his crap of a father blaming me for all that over the intercom. I remember him injuring my colleague 5 years ago just to stir crap up. I think about the girl he tried to assault, the sex assault charges, I break. I put my gloves on and drag the guy by his neck out into the freezing cold. I can clearly see he doesn't fully comprehend what is happening to him, still half asleep. Once outside, he starts to freaking beg. He's trying to appeal to my sense of humanity. Then he gets angry. I quickly reaffirm that he's in no position to be aggressive towards me or anyone else and remind him not to make the same mistake he made five years ago. Then he remembers. He says, you... You got me into the jail five years ago. I say, you got there yourself, pal. He says, why are you doing this to me? I say, I don't know. I'm just a horrible kind of person. I genuinely enjoy this. He says, what have I ever done to you? I say, nothing really. I would stop, but you'd have to give me a hand first. This gives him a pause. Now I can almost see him connecting the dots in his stupid little head. The wheels are crunching for a while. He then wants to say something but I see that he realized, he realized everything. He opens his mouth, but not an iota comes out. He simply turns on his heel and takes on into the freezing night. Later that night, I let all the security guards know that he's the one who assaulted our guy some years ago and that he's not to be allowed to stay anywhere near the building under any circumstances. The aftermath, I'm now working in an entirely different field in a different company I'm a head of IT in an R&D branch, but are often invited to lead negotiations by other department heads. Particularly the more problematic and hostile kind. The kind where customers try to renegotiate prices after our part of the contract is fulfilled or refuse to pay for services or work done at all. My particular talents come in pretty handy in these situations. I know how it sounds, but this is all within legal means, it's just that my crappy country has pretty crappy judicial systems and virtually zero protection against customers screwing contractors or providers after they finish the job or deliver the product. Our company is currently entering a deal to acquire a small business providing various recreation services, including running summer camps for children. As far as I can tell, some of the employees have been working there for more than 20 years. Ringleader survived the winter. He lost some fingers due to frostbite, but nothing major. I still sometimes see him around the city, and it always puts a smile on my face. I make a point of giving the poor guy some cash each time I meet him, since I know he'll inevitably spend it on drugs and booze. Considering everything that went on here, everything OP did, everything this guy did, and everything that guy had happened to him, was that enough revenge for this guy in his life after all he did? Was that enough karma? Or do you think being homeless, roaming the city, losing fingers to frostbite? Do you think he deserved even worse than that? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to see another revenge story that was even more crazy than this one, click on the left video. Or if you missed my latest video, click on the right. But with that said...